0: All right, hey, we're starting a new series tonight I'm super excited about. It's called Lions, Giants, and Bears. Oh my. Come on, y'all have ever heard this before from the Wizard of Oz? We're taking a little spin on Wizard of Oz. So, uh, I'm super excited for it. And, uh, I've already preached it once today. I've been helping out a church down in Gulletsville called Wellhouse. And, uh, I am super excited about preaching here, but I've already got one under my belt. So I'm super excited. But, uh, how many of you have ever heard the statement? It's what's on the inside that counts. Come on, anybody ever heard that? It's what's on the inside that counts, right? If you're single in here, uh, you're probably sick of hearing those words. Like, hey, don't worry, baby. It's what's on the inside that counts. But some of you are like, well, I wish the outside would look a little bit better too. You know, like the outside matters a little bit, but we all know that what's on the inside counts. And you know this, you know this to be true. I know from personal experience that this is true. I know that this is a a very real thing. For me, uh, I have a food allergy. I actually, I have lots of food allergies. I can't eat hardly anything. I feel like without going to the hospital. I uh, I can't have peanuts. I can't have. I'm allergic to like the pollen that makes up all these plants. And so uh, I'm allergic to these things. And uh, I've had a couple of close calls in my life. I remember one time uh, we were. I was at our last church in Florida, and uh, this is going to sound bougier than what it really is. But we had a chef on staff. Okay, really big church. We have some friends from my church right here that they didn't come up here for this, but they were up here so. They they came. So I'm super happy y'all are here. Michaela was uh, there with us as well. She goes to Belmont now. And so uh, it's a big church. We had a a chef on staff. Okay. Really? He was like a caterer basically is what it was. But uh, we were going through 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we just did as a church um, uh, years ago. And uh, our church or Christ Fellowship, that was the name of that church. We uh, would do the Daniel fast. I was kind of encouraged to do the Daniel fast as uh, we went or as we did our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so, uh, we were doing the Daniel fast, and... Uh during that, you're not supposed to eat meat. You're not supposed to eat sweets. You're not supposed to eat bread, all right? So uh, this chef would have the challenge of preparing these catered events without having any meat, any sugar, or any bread, all right? So uh, we were going through this, and we were having a big volunteer rally. So we go through this volunteer rally, and then all of a sudden, we, uh, we get to this point, and he's created all this food, and I go to him, and I say, Chef Chris, I need, I need you to tell me. What has nuts in it? Because you're supposed to replace stuff with nuts. And I said, I need to know what has nuts in it because if I eat the nuts, I'm going to go to the hospital. He said, hey, don't have the mushrooms, have the meatless meatball, all right? If you've ever had a meatless meatball, it's as disappointing as it sounds, all right? So... I get, I go get the meatball. I go get a couple of these. I go, I find someone I haven't seen in a while. I'm talking to this person, and uh, and one of her husbands is one of the campus pastors. So we're talking, hadn't seen her in a while, and all of a sudden, I haven't taken a bite of my meatball yet. I take a bite of my meatball, and if you're allergic, to, if you have food allergies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is it had something in it that my body was allergic to. I take a bite of it. And I instantly start having a reaction. My throat starts to close up. I can't breathe. And I know at this point, I got about 30 minutes to get to the hospital. It's gonna get real, real fast. You know what I'm saying? So luckily, I had an EpiPen. Unluckily, I did not know where that EpiPen was. All right, so I'm freaking out. I go, I, I, I cut this lady off. We're in the middle of a, a sentence. And I'm like, hey, ma'am, I got to go, I just ate this, I'm allergic to it, I gotta go to the hospital. I literally set my things down, I go to my car, I drive home, I'm frantic, I can't breathe, I can barely walk, all these things. And all of a sudden, uh, Stephanie notified, like she, I'm sorry, I get home, Stephanie's kind of panicked, we have two little kids at the house. Uh, We were doing the Dave Ramsey plan, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know how terrible it is. We had one car, we sold a car. We were so getting out of debt, We we sold a car. And I'm like, I am not paying for an ambulance ride. Do not call the ambulance right now. So I can't find my EpiPen. I finally found my EpiPen. It was in the car the whole time. I, I should have, I could have had it. And I look at it and it's expired. Now, typically, I'm the guy that doesn't care if medicine's expired. Are there any other dudes with me? Come on. You should take the expired Tylenol. It ain't gonna kill you. It's a scam. I always, it's a scam. They just want me to buy more. It's not really expired, right? Uh, let me tell you, EpiPens expire, all right? So uh, I've learned that what's on the inside of an EpiPen counts. It matters because an uh, expired EpiPen doesn't work. So I stabbed myself with this EpiPen. I've done this before uh, at the hospital. I've I've never stabbed myself. That was the first stab I've ever given myself. But I uh, ended up going to the hospital. And typically when you get epinephrine in, it's like the movies. Like it's literally like (gasps) you can breathe again. Like it opens everything up instantly. Well, Come to find out uh, that didn't work whenever the EpiPen was expired. I go to the hospital and they give me the real stuff because what's inside matters. What was inside my EpiPen didn't work. What was inside the real EpiPen, it worked. And I wanna tell you, what is inside matters. It matters. What you're made of matters. Make no mistake about it. What's inside of you matters. And so what we're going to talk about today is a hero of the Bible. His name is David. Y'all say David. Come on. Y'all say David. Y'all got to be with me. All right. So David, he's a hero of the Bible. Y'all are, who has heard of David before? Come on. Come on. Y'all who's ever. Okay, great. You've heard of David before. How many have ever heard of David and Goliath? All right. Even if you've never been in church before, you've heard of David and Goliath. And uh, we're going to talk about that story a little bit, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been notified that my fly's down. I got to go take care of this real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. We're straight. There was only one way to do that, and it was just to announce it and move on. All right. So, it can only go up from here. That's all I got to say. I should be more embarrassed than I am. I'm just not. You just got to fix it. I'm sorry. All right. So, uh, we're talking about David and Goliath. Now, if you look at David, if you know anything about David, listen, y'all got to quit laughing. I'm going to start laughing the whole time. <laughs> at least we fixed it. All right. So I typically check like 12 times where I get up on platform. I didn't do it today. So the one time. All right. So uh, David and Goliath, you've all heard this story and you know that David, the Bible talks about David being a man after God's own heart. Have you ever heard that before? He was a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? All right. Now I can move this. All right. And I can walk a little bit, okay. Um, He's a man after God's own heart. And so, and if you're a believer in here, you want that for your life, right? Like you wanna be known as a person after God's own heart. But how do you get there? How do you become a person after God's own heart? I'll tell you, you have to be made of the right stuff. What's inside of you matters when you're a person after God's own heart. And David always knew this. He always knew how important it was to be a person that was made of something that was real, to be made of something that was potent, unlike my expired EpiPen, right? Like it's important to be made of the right stuff. And David is a lot like all of us. He was a normal dude. He was a person that was overlooked by his own family. He wasn't trusted with a lot like the rest of his brothers were. He was just an average old guy until one day. David was a teenager. How many of y'all have teenagers or you've had teenagers before? Okay, I can't wait for you to hear this message because it deals with teenagers. How terrible of a thing did God make when they made teenagers? But, no, I'm just joking. I love teenagers. But uh, he he was a little boy. But he was made of the right stuff. And in one moment, David goes from being a zero- to a hero. Any Hercules fans out there, come on, that's a great song in Hercules. But he went from being a nobody to being the man in one moment. And we're going to talk about that moment today. We're going to be talking about David and Goliath, where everything changed. But before we get there, i got to kind of catch you up. So y'all just buckle up. I'm going to give it to you real fast, and then we're going to get into the good part of this story, the climax of the story. But before we get there, you got to know this. David's dad, his name is Jesse. Jesse looked at David and said, Son, I need you to go take some lunch to your brothers. Okay, Dad, where are my brothers? Well, they're on the battlefield right now. And David's like, What? Why what are you sending me there right now? But he said, Okay, I'm gonna go do it. So he packs up the donkey, he packs up the little cart behind the donkey, full of food, and he's a great little he was a great uh, son, and all of a sudden he sets off. He makes it to the battlefield. When he gets to the battlefield, he sees an army over here on this hillside. He sees an army over here on this hillside and one guy in the middle. But he like does a double take. He's looking, he's like, man, that dude down in the valley looks big. Like he's a big boy. And come to find out, the guy down there was a giant. The Bible says he was nine feet, 10 inches tall. I mean, he could almost see eye to eye with a basketball goal. Think about that, big dude. And the Bible talks about the armor he had. It was weighed, a ton, right? His, his spear that he used weighed, uh, it was about the size of a big fence post, if you can imagine. And on the end of it, it had an iron stone head on it that weighed about 50 to 60 pounds. Think about this. He could probably hold that thing out like this and talk and talk. Like this dude was strong. He was big. He was good with the spear. He could throw it and annihilate any of us in this room right now. And David sees this giant, And it doesn't take long for him to figure out. He shows up on this battlefield and he sees the people of Israel and they're all shaking in their boots. They're scared. They're like, I ain't going to fight that guy. Goliath was out there for 40 days challenging. Come on, I want to fight one of you guys. And if you win, we'll all be your slaves. And he would just laugh because he thought that was, Goliath thought that was the funniest thing, right? Like, no one's going to beat me. Right, and, and the Israelites were terrified. They're like, I'm not gonna go out there. Can you imagine walking out against a 10 foot tall dude that could look at you the wrong way and kill you? I wouldn't, I mean, it'd be like Chuck Norris on steroids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just wouldn't mess with this dude. So David shows up and David's like, I'll take him. He's a teenager. How many teenagers do you know that are just stubborn? Like, they'll do anything, right? Like, I see you raising, I'll get you. I was like that. Like, nothing could take you out as a teenager. So he goes up there. He talks to the king. We'll talk about that in a second. The king tries to talk him out of it. And David's like, nope, I got it. I'm gonna do it. So David gets out there and this is where we're gonna pick up. David gets out there. Goliath starts cursing him. Goliath starts challenging him. And David stands his ground. David's like, "Uh uh-uh, you're coming at me with a sword and a shield, but I'm coming in you with the name of the Lord, right? Come on. And then this is what happens. We're at the climax now. Here's what happens. As Goliath moves closer to attack. So Goliath makes the first move. David quickly, he ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag. Y'all say shepherd's bag. That's important, we're gonna get back to it. He reached into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone. He hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine right in the forehead. The stone sank in. Imagine being, this is crazy. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. Imagine being there. You're an Israelite. You see this little bitty kid go out there to fight this guy, and you're like, this could not be more embarrassing. He's going to lose, and these, this Philistine army is going to come and kill us all. Like, this is the worst, right? And all of a sudden, like an underdog story like you've never seen, David somehow hits Goliath right where it met. I mean, the only spot that wasn't covered by armor, he hits him right there. Goliath falls down. But it ain't over if you have little ones earmuffs for this next part, Okay. So, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he didn't even have a sword. Then David ran over, pour, pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut his head off. Come on, somebody, that is awesome right there. But man, that's the part of the story that most people talk about. That's the part of the story that you've probably heard, right? Like David beats the giant, big deal, right? But I wanna ask you, how did David get to this point? Because it matters a lot. It really, really matters a lot. How did David get to the point where he was able to have enough confidence to go out and face the giant? Not only face the giant, but beat the giant. Well, we're gonna talk about that tonight because I think that is how we know that we can be made of something. The same thing that David was made of so that we can defeat the the Goliath in our lives. Because here's what I know it wasn't what was inside of his shepherd's bag that mattered. It wasn't what was on the inside of his shepherd's bag that counted. It was what was on the inside of David that counted. What was in the shepherd's bag didn't really matter. A lot of people give credit to the stone and the sling in this story. I'm gonna tell you, he could have probably had just about any weapon. He was gonna win because it's not about what was inside of his bag, it was about what was inside of him. And I wanna tell you tonight, You might be great at what you do. You might be talented at what you do. You might be killing it at work. You might be an amazing craftsman. You might be a great teacher. You might be a mother that all these people look up to, right? But that's not really what matters. When it comes down to it, it's what's on the inside that counts. A lot of times we give too much credit to the stuff on the outside, but what's on the inside is what really counts. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So earlier, I quickly kind of brushed through a bunch of the stories so we could get to the good part, uh, like, like fast-forwarded through the movie and got to the end, right? That's what we did. But what gets to that point is very important. So we're gonna back up. When David arrives at camp, he tells his brothers, I'm gonna beat that guy. And those brothers, can you imagine being his brother going, please don't say that to anyone else. Like, please keep your mouth shut. And all of a sudden, the king gets wind of it, and the king's like, if there's someone that's gonna fight this guy, I'm gonna listen to him. So the king brings him into his tent. They start having this conversation. The king is trying his hardest to talk David out of it because David was surely gonna die. It was not gonna work out. And so here's their conversation. It starts in 1 Samuel 17, chapter chapter 17, starting in verse 32. If you have your Bibles, turn there if you like, or turn your Bible on, all right, and look at it on your phone. And it says this. David looks at Saul, the king. He says, hey, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, "Told Saul, I'll go fight him. If you've ever been around a teenager, they can be stubborn and they can think that they're invincible, right? I'm sure Saul is thinking the exact same thing. Like, who does this dude think he is? Like, he's a psychopath, right? So he says that. He looks at at David and says, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Like, dude, you don't even have a chance. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. He's been, dude, he's forgotten more people than he's killed than you'll ever kill. Like, you're, you're a little boy, you're gonna take on this, you're crazy, dude. But I love this next verse. It says this, but David persisted. Y'all say persisted. Come on, he said, David was like, I'm not gonna give up. Now you would think that David would come at him with a reason why he's a great warrior. Like he would say something like, hey, I have a secret weapon. I have a machine gun in me. I know you don't know what this is, but I have one and it's gonna work, I promise. Or maybe he knew of a way that, that a weak point in his armor. Maybe he, Saul was thinking that he was gonna say, hey, my dad used to be a general. I know how to fight people, right? Like I, I know, well, I have this awesome strategy. Nope, here's what David says. He looks at him and says, hey, I've been taking care of my dad's sheep and goats. <laughs> Would that work on you? If you're Saul and you're responsible for all these people, and this little boy comes up and says, "Hey, man, I know you're looking for a warrior. I'm a shepherd. <laughs> so uh, I don't know about you, but I think I can take this guy." You're thinking, "Dude, you must be high or something, right? Like you're insane right now. You have no idea what you're talking about." But if we really look at this a little closer, I think we can learn a little bit about David, and we can learn that that response wasn't—it wasn't immature, it wasn't ignorant it was actually the best response he could have given Saul because in that response, it's tucked away a couple of things that I think that we can take away today and we can learn how to be a person after God's own heart based on his response right here. He said, hey, I've been, I've been watching my dad sheep and my dad's goat. And you're thinking, how, does that, how is that gonna give me the same stuff that David had so I can beat the, the Goliaths in my life? Well, I'm gonna tell you. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down because the Bible says if you take notes in church, you get to go to heaven, all right? I don't make the rules. I just, I just tell them to you. So the first thing that you need to do, if you wanna be made of the same stuff, if you want the inside of you to count, right? You need to be faithful where you are right now. Be faithful where you are right now. And listen, this isn't isn't sexy. It's not super cool. In fact, I would say this is a very hard thing for the generation that is behind me right now. The the teenagers to the early 20-something-year-olds, this is a tough thing. It's probably a tough thing for you. Maybe you're stuck in a job that you don't like, in a career you don't like, Maybe you're in college in a major that, mean you're like, I don't know if I can get through this, right? Or maybe uh, you're trying to just get ahead at work, but this person over here seems to be getting all the credit for your ideas and they seem to be getting promoted when you should be getting promoted. I don't know what it is in your life, but there's a chance that some of you are probably frustrated where you are in your stage of life. You're not doing what you're passionate about. You're not doing, oh, I just don't feel so, I don't feel passionate when I go to work. Well, let me tell you, David would look at you and say, hey, You don't have to be passionate about it. Be faithful where you are. God puts you where you are for a reason. You see, if you read this story and you read about David's brothers, the way it's kind of written paints a pretty bad picture of the brothers. It seems like the brothers were the ones that would cut corners. They wouldn't, they they would take care of the sheep but if a couple got lost or maybe one got taken by an animal that the brothers are like dad will never know right like he'll he'll never know Uh, and they would cut corners they probably looked the part they probably looked like that they were uh, somebody right but in reality what was on the inside of them didn't really match with what was on the outside of them they weren't really made of the same stuff that David was made of but David was faithful David would sit out in the field where no one was around. His dad wasn't there. Uh, His brothers weren't there to see him do his job. But David faithfully did his job. He's looking at Saul going, hey, I've been faithful to what I've been doing. And David knew something that you and I need to know today, that being faithful where you are now is the secret sauce to where God wants you to be later. God doesn't skip steps in your life. He looks at you and he says, hey, if you can be faithful with the small thing that I'm giving you now, you can then be later trusted with the big things that I have for you later. But if you're not going to be faithful over here, you'll never get to be, uh, the, the, have more responsibility, more influence over here. Because God cares about faithfulness. He cares about what you do when no one's around. He cares that you don't uh, shave, you're not shady in your business with your numbers, right? He wants you to be a good steward. He wants you to have integrity. He wants you to have character. Even when no one's around, he wants you to be a person that is faithful all the time. Someone that can be counted on. And a lot of times it's so hard because sometimes we don't like where we are right now. We feel like, man, how am I going to be faithful where I'm at Right now, I don't even like it. It doesn't matter. You think David liked shoveling all the junk that the sheep and goats pooped out, right? And he had to take care of things. He had to make sure that he had to get them water. He had to get them grass. He had to do all these things. Do you think that was fun? No. Faithfulness isn't about being fun. It's about being there. Working hard where you are. Not cutting corners. Having integrity. Doing it right. Doing it with excellence. That's what being faithful is all about. David knew this. Being faithful where you are is how you get made of the same stuff that David was made of. You know, while his brothers were preparing for battle in the army, David was out in the field and God was preparing his heart. So even when you feel like you don't matter, You feel like you're not doing anything significant and your life is as ordinary as it could be. God is using that to prepare your heart. I heard uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick say this before and it's amazing. You can write this down, but I didn't say it, but it's really good. He said, extraordinary acts of God always begin with ordinary acts of obedience. I want you to think about it. What was David doing when he showed up on the battlefield that day? He was just bringing his brother's lunch, right? Right? something mundane, something ordinary, that he was faithful in it. When Moses had the encounter with the burning bush, what was he doing? Watching some sheep on a hillside. I mean, that's not super glamorous, right? That's not very exciting. But guess what? Extraordinary acts of God start with ordinary acts of obedience, the faithfulness in the field when no one's around. That's where it starts. David knew this. So the first thing, is you gotta be faithful now. The second thing, the last thing is this. You gotta be ready to fight. Listen, you gotta be faithful and you gotta be ready to fight. And what I mean by fight is this. You have to be ready to fight the private battles that you have going on in your life right now. Fight your private battles. Be faithful now, but when it's go time, it's go time. And for some of us in this room, it's go time. It's go time. There's something in your life that's trying to attack you there's something in life, in your life that's trying to take you out, trying to keep you unfaithful to what you're doing right now, and you got to fight those battles. Here's what David continues on and says to Saul. He persisted. He said, listen, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And Now, here, now listen, this is grown man stuff right here that David's been doing. It's awesome. He says, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a sheep or a lamb from my flock, so I want you to notice how this is written. It's not saying, hey, this one time a lion came by and it tried to steal one of my sheep. No, he's saying, hey, whenever this happens, which it sounds like it happens quite a bit, here's what I do. Listen, he says, I go after it with a club. I take the first step. I take it I'm gonna go after this thing. I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Woo, come on now, that's awesome. And then he said, I've done this with both lions, with an S, more than one lion, and bears, I sound like Dwight Schrute, bears, beats, Battlestar Galactica, any office fans out there, you get me. But he's done it with multiple lions, multiple, multiple bears, and he said, you know what? I'm gonna do it again to this Philistine right here. He's like, talk has been trashed. And he says, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Goliath ain't only trying to take our people out. He's trying to take out God and I ain't gonna stand for that. He said, I'm gonna go fight that guy. And the Lord who rescued me from the claws of a lion and the bear, he'll rescue me from this Philistine. And Saul, you can imagine, he's thinking, I don't care what this boy says, he's an idiot. He goes, you can imagine, all right, go ahead and may the force be with you, right? Like That's what he basically says. Because Saul didn't know. If you know anything about Saul, he did not have, he looked to the part. The Bible talks that he was a head and shoulders above everybody, he looked like a king. But what was on the inside of Saul was bad. He looked the part, but he wasn't really the part because what's on the inside counts. What you're made of matters. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're faithful to what you're doing right now, something's gonna come and try to attack that. Your life's gonna get attacked your marriage is gonna get attacked. Your kids are gonna get attacked. We talked about that a couple, or a couple weeks ago with our series when the devil knocks. The devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, the Bible says. He's looking for someone to devour. You will become under attack. But what are you gonna do? I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't just sit and stand by. You gotta do something about it. Some of you are facing private battles right now. And maybe anxiety and depression are just tearing you apart on the inside, but no one really knows about it. It's time to fight that battle. And I'm all for going to the doctor, getting medicine that's gonna help you, I'm all for that. But what you can't do is avoid it, because most of the time when we have these little battles come our way, man, we wanna avoid it. Oh, I can't deal with that. I'm ashamed, I can't tell anybody I'm dealing with this. For some of you, your marriage is struggling. You're young in your marriage, or maybe you're old in your marriage, and it's struggling, but nobody knows because I can't let people know I'm struggling. I have to be strong, right? I can't let people know that this is what I'm going through. David will look at you and I think God will look at you and say, hey, it's time to get working on that. Let's fight this battle together. Maybe it's an addiction that's been owning you for years. You can't shake it. Man, no matter how hard you've tried, you can't shake it. It's, today's the day. Fight it because it's a lion or a bear trying to come and steal your faithfulness today. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a circumstance that's just completely out of your control. And you're just caught in in life. I get it. I'm telling you, life has kicked us in the teeth this last year. I mean, how many people liked 2020? Nobody. But that stuff happens because here's what I know. There's always a Goliath around the corner. You're not done fighting Goliaths in your life. You either just got done fighting a Goliath, you're either fighting one now or there's one coming. You cannot avoid it. There's a Goliath coming and what you're made of in those moments is gonna matter. It's gonna determine whether you win or lose that battle. And I think for a lot of people in this room, you're sick of getting beat by your giant. I wanna tell you today, You can choose to be faithful today. You can choose to fight that battle today. And the God inside of you is bigger than the Goliath that is staring you down, I promise you. And through his power, you can defeat that Goliath, but you gotta be willing to take up the fight. You gotta be willing to do what David did. Run after those things. Say, no, I'm gonna take this thing on. I'm ready for it. That's what you have to do. And that's how you become made of the same stuff Here's what I know, if you wanna win public battles, you have to have some private victories. When no one's around, you get tempted to do that thing that you've done a thousand times. Winning that little battle is how God prepares you for the big one that's coming later. You gotta be faithful, you gotta be faithful. The Bible says this, dear brothers and sisters, when you face troubles of any kind, consider an opportunity for great joy, why? because you know that your faith is tested and your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The Bible says, hey, when these little battles come, thank them, say thank you, because this is making me stronger, this is making me into a warrior. Joey, you can come up. And I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're in here and you're facing a battle right now. First of all, I wanna tell you, you're not alone. I got battles I'm facing. And I bet your neighbor has battles they're facing. And the person sitting behind you has got battles they're facing. But hey, it's time. It's time to fight these things. That's how you become a person that's after God's own heart. That's how you become made of something that matters. So Jesus, we invite you in to this place right now. I ask that you would be with every battle, every person that's in battle right now. God, would you fight for them on their behalf, God? God, we know that when we fight with your power, we can't lose. God, we love you. We thank you. We give these things to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hey, thanks for coming today, guys. We love you so much. If you are here for the growth track, come on. And if you're not here for the growth track, let me tell you about it. Uh, We are prepared for you. You can come down and be a part of our class. And we're gonna tell you a little bit about us, but we want you to learn about you. We believe that every person has a purpose. And if one of the four things we want for you when you walk through the doors of Oasis Church is we want you to discover your purpose, then the way you do that is by going through the growth track and you're gonna find out how God uniquely wired you to make a difference. And we're gonna start that, the very first one we've ever done tonight. So if you wanna be a part of that, We have childcare, there's people gonna watch your kids, we're gonna feed your kids, we're gonna feed you. And uh, it's only gonna take about an hour and we're gonna do that down in the basement. Most of you didn't even know this place had a basement, it does, it's awesome. You can take a right, there's a staircase, go right down there and we'll take you exactly where you need to be. And so if you wanna be a part of that, come join us, it's gonna be so much fun. But hey, we love you guys, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you guys next week for part two of Lions, Giants and Bears, oh my. All right, love you guys, y'all have a great week.